Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. I, I like the, the image of the rut because, I mean, it's just, it's what's known, right? There's a reason there's a rut there is because every day you travel it, right? If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry. And in just a moment, Brandon is joining us as we have a conversation with Jimbo Clark. Jimbo is an expat living in Taipei, living the dream, and he's been doing that for over two decades. So we're going to talk about his transition into what his family is referred to as a working retirement. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to stay safe as we have this conversation about how do you live a working retirement. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. Cool shirt, by the way. Ask me about my podcast. Ask me about my podcast. Tell me. Oh, wait, you know, because I, you're on it. Yeah, I am. And, and I got you You're the listening shirt. right yeah. now. <laughs> Every time he wears it, I'm like, finally, a gift that somebody keeps on using. Yep. Ah, it's right. so funny, too, because every place I wear it, people... Hey, you got a podcast? And sometimes you're kind of offended because you're like, you should know I have a podcast. You follow me on social media. Yeah. We really might post. Mention it every day, right? Uh, so anyway, we didn't have you on the show just to talk about the shirt I got you for Christmas. Uh, we actually got a uh, a guy I met named Jimbo Clark calling in from Taipei. And I met this guy uh, over a year ago at the Association for Talent Development Conference. And in fact, uh, we met because we were waiting for sandwiches. We were like the first two in line and we started talking about how he wound up in Taipei and just life in general. And then this third person showed up to the conversation and asked him what, you know, the, the cliche question. So what do you do? And so he started telling her about his business integrate. And from there, I was even more mind blown because I was like, this guy was cool to begin with. And now knowing what he does for a living, this is even cooler. We got to get him on beyond the rut. And so it took us this long just to get him on the show. Actually, he probably would have been on sooner if our darn recording schedule didn't fill up so quickly. <laughs> but uh, we've been trying. we're grateful for. Yeah. But so here we go. Calling in from Taipei is Jimbo Clark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, I'm just happy to be alive. Same here. That's awesome. It yeah. definitely beats yeah. the alternative. I once came across a guy that uh, every time you asked him how you're doing, he said, "Hey, any day six feet above the ground is a good day." And I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." Sure. And it worked for him because he was like six foot tall. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. So, cool. I, like, I knew a guy that used to always say better, and it's like, "Oh, were you sick?" And he goes, "No, I just like that everybody asked me how why I'm better than I was." But oh, sparks conversation. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. I like nice. Um, so one of the first things that really sparked my interest about Jimbo is one, he changed his name from Jim to Jimbo, but two, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's been living in Taipei for o- over two decades, and he the bulk of his work is in Asia. Um, so. Naturally, I'm always been, I've been curious and I mean, he kind of shared the story with me, but I want to share the story with everybody else is how did you wind up in Asia? Uh, Like what was it that brought you there? Uh, Was there like a rut that you kind of faced and this was kind of the aha moment, all that good stuff? Oh man, when you put it that way, um, the rut that I was in uh, would be mainstream religion. I was a freshly graduated university student who uh, went to a Christian university, wanted to be a missionary, 
had spent some time in Asia on short-term missions. And um, there was the, the, the aha moment for me was when I realized if I want to be a missionary, I need to have two things going. One is I need to know that what I believe is the truth with a capital T. Uh, and then I also need to know that what everyone else believes is wrong. And the more time that I spent uh, traveling, the more time I spent listening, the more time I spent understanding what other people were thinking, it was uh, it seemed a little bit pretentious for me to think that uh, the beliefs that I was given as a child were absolutely right and everyone else was absolutely wrong. And wasn't I lucky to have been born into that family? So, yeah, I came to Asia on a short term mission. And I just never went back home. Oh wow! <laughs> so, you know, it was far enough away from my family that uh, they didn't notice, I guess. And uh, <laughs> thought I'd stay here for a year in Taiwan, and uh, and good things just kept happening. Um, probably the, the the biggest thing that happened was the exchange rate. When I when I came here, the exchange rate was forty to a dollar, forty NT dollars or New Taiwan dollars. And it went down from 40 to 24. So I almost doubled my hourly income oh, in the first year. Now, and uh, the second thing was, uh, do you ever see the movie The Beach? Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, uh, anyway, so he's in Thailand on this yeah. amazing beach. So I actually spent months and months on the beach where they filmed that before it was popular. So every, I, would, I would work for six months teaching English. And then I would spend a month to two months on a beach in Thailand. Um, I did that for three years and paid off my student loans at the same time. Paid vacation so, and that's the key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find a way to get somebody yep. to find you. Well, and, it, and what it was is, uh, it was just uh, my uncle told me once. He said he didn't he didn't get it. My 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 family, my dad's side of the family, are all loggers in Eastern Oregon. And my uncle Dick's like, "Why the heck are you over there in Asia?" I said, well, "They got really nice beaches." He goes, "Well, hell, we got a Hawaii." I <laughs> got better beaches in Hawaii over there. And so I kind of explained to him my lifestyle and he said, Oh, I get it. You're in your, you, you got yourself a work in retirement, hey. you know, before you got, you know, uh, kids and uh, loans. And, and he was right. You know, I was working 14 hours a week, uh, you know, 10 months a year and on a beach for the other two. And it was work in retirement. So that's key. That that's what I basically call what I do is it's a working retirement. Yeah. I'm a full-time yeah. pastor, but I basically get to do what I want and just enjoy my life. I took my grandkids to the doctor the other day and I just get to kind of do what I want to do. And I think everybody yeah. should live that yeah. life. That's kind of what this podcast is about is, is go find out what your life is and not mm. try to accumulate stuff that you have to accumulate a job in order to accumulate money to pay for that stuff. It just doesn't mm. make sense. Yeah, and then you find yourself in that rat race, right? Like, <laughs> now I got to go to work Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. But yep. to get to that work, I got to get in my car like an hour ahead of time because of that city traffic. Mm -hmm. And I never seem to get in the door on time, whether it's an hour and a half early or 30 minutes early. It's still 30 <laughs> minutes late. And uh, I, I see people like that all the time. And I've been to big cities where people, you just see the life sucked out of people. You know, here's somebody who found that, that lifestyle early on that, yeah, I can work so many months a year. It's probably not the same now. I don't, I don't know. It is, it is the same now. It's just, oh, so we would say in Thailand, you know, same, same, but different. Um, <laughs> so once I had this concept of working retirement, I did finally get a job in my thirties. So my twenties, I was part time beaching, saving, I, you know, save my money, spend it on the beach, come back. 
in my 30s, I, I, I did get a job here and I had a blast. It was, uh, it, it, that's a whole other podcast, that, that company, but it was just, I worked 14 years. I started as a part-timer, made it all the way up to the executive level, ended up with a housing allowance here, you know, on, a, on an expat package. And then I had another one of those ruts, you know, uh, so that, that my, this was the year 2000 and I decided, okay, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start my own business, uh, doing consulting, training, facilitating. I told my boss, I got everything already. My wife was pregnant. We were going to have a, a, a child, our first child. Uh, I said, man, this is going to be great. And my boss took me aside and he said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to give you a 30% raise. You're going to be able to uh, keep your current job and do this. And you're going to get this is when I got the housing allowance and you're going to get a housing allowance. And I just I put my hand right out and I said, OK, I'm in. So I stayed wow. for another five years, sold my soul to the company. I felt so guilty. My housing allowance was more than my chief of staff, my local chief of staff. And I really honestly felt as though my soul was calling me. I answered the phone and I said, here, let me just put you on hold. And I felt so guilty for about two years. And then one day I realized, you know what? You keep, soul is not optional. You know, soul right. is like shadow. It's just there. And there's nothing I can do to divorce myself from soul other than thinking that I'm separated, right? Yeah, right. And so I turned that into the best three years of saving money and getting all the competencies, gaining the network. So that when I did leave the job in 2005, I had more than twice as much of the money saved. You know, everything. I'm still living the dream partly because of those five years of getting a real job. And then when I finally did leave, I decided to go back to working retirement because my kids were young. Ten years of working retirement again. That's good. Most that most of the people we talk about being in a rut. That that's exactly the situation. It's not you know I lost my job or I got really sick or something bad happened. It's it's the too much security and and too good a deal for me to leave because the benefits and all the other mm -hmm. stuff and a kid oh, and yeah. wife and all that. It's like so I have to stay. But then you realize you sold your soul out to stay, and and too many people don't uh, figure that out soon enough. Yeah. But you figured it out mm -hmm. and said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this next three years or five years or whatever to just pack away everything. So yeah. when I do get to leave, I can get out of here. Yeah, that wasn't five years of hell for you. That was two years of misery, guilt, shame. Two years of feel. Like I had one year of hell. 2000 yeah. was the yeah. year of hell because uh, I was I was in charge of Six Sigma oh. uh, <laughs> implementation. And uh, yeah, so that <laughs> so in, in 2000, 2000, 2005, I'm getting ready to leave. And now I'm getting cold feet again because uh, exactly what you say, the golden handcuffs. I had uh, options in the company. They were doing uh, 20% a year or better. And I was just saving left and right. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I'm thinking maybe maybe I should stay for another three years. If I stay another three years, we're going to double our savings. You know, what can we do with that? And she looked at me and she said, well, I've already decided what I'm going to do. And if you want to stay in the company, uh, that's fine. If you want to go out of the company, that's fine. My only request of you is that you never say that you sold out your dream for the family. That's and I looked at her and I, and I go, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I'll follow like, my dreams. Just stop blaming me because you're too scared to get out of that rut. Yeah. And yeah, we've yeah. heard this so many times from so many people. It's like, and you don't really realize you're doing it. 
you know, but in a, yeah. in a sense, that's really what you're doing. Yeah. Is I'm blaming the people I love the most for my fear. And, you're and almost, it's just you're almost saying it. I settled yeah. for you. If it wasn't like, for you, yeah. I would go do great <laughs> things, which isn't true. Because if you wanted to do great things, just go do great things. Yeah. But we blame the people we love the most. And if it wasn't for this, I, I'd be able to go. I imagine what it does for your kids, too. I could never have done Ooh. that because I had you kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? At that, at that point in time, all my wife would have had to do is just say, well, we just did have our second child. Why don't you go ahead and stay another two or three years? And I'd have totally stayed. Oh, yeah. That's all I needed from her was just one little pullback, and I'd have been all over that. And since then, there's been four times uh, where, you know, once you start your own business, <laughs> sometimes there's no busyness in yeah, the business. Yeah. And I think, oh, maybe I should go back to the corporate. And she's the same, same thing. Well, okay, if that's really what you want to do, you know. But all I ask <laughs> is that later on in life, you don't say, uh, okay, never mind. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep living my dreams. And, and that's and, what uh, we do with our dreams yeah. is we blame the other people. You know, if my – my parents had been rich or if I'd have been born here or if I was taller, or whatever it is. And it's like, no, oh, yeah. it's all in your hands. You yeah. can do anything you want to in life, but don't sit yeah. down and blame the situation or whatever. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. How integral has your wife been in, in all these decisions you made to go from corporate life to creating a business and then all the major decisions you've made? Like, How key has that been for your success? Oh, God. I mean, I married up. I can't say enough how grounding she has been for me her her personality style is that very supportive, you know, kind of do do whatever it takes to to make other people successful. On the one hand, she's entirely integral in that every time I have a big decision, she's the one that makes sure I make a good one. And on the other hand, I mean, she's so trusting and she's so open to, you know, whatever that dream is. And so she doesn't really have a lot of opinions on what it is I'm doing as long as I'm doing it. And so um you know, I, I just feel so. Can I, can I tell you a recent story? Yeah, just absolutely. something that happened. So um, we met at ATD in 2018, and so I just went to the AT, the ATD conference in DC in 2019. Yeah. And so this year, I actually had a sales booth, oh, and nice. um, okay. I'm, I'm taking my my product to the world. You know, and um, and and the re, and the re, the the response from people was really, really, really so much better than I expected. And I had these two salespeople with me that I brought over from Asia. And at the end of the second day, they came up to me and they're and, and they like sharks that smell blood. They're <laughs> like, oh, my God, how, how big do you want this to be? I mean, this could be huge. This is people love this. This could really be huge. 
And, and what's your vision of the future? And so they're asking me over drinks, what's my vision of the future? I said, <laughs> well, if I can make a little bit more money next year than I did last year, and I can still have vacations with my family, you know, and I enjoy my lifestyle. And you could just see these two salespeople just withering. Oh, <laughs> you know, because that's not the right answer. Because they're thinking yeah. book and deals, so then, like, movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to make $100 a so then, What? <laughs> yeah. So then, then, then like a week later, I'm still kind of thinking about this. Well, what do I want to do with this? And so I sat down with my wife and, and I said, you know, there is a, an opening in the world for what we're trying to do here. And, and there's a need for it. And people are attracted to it. And what do you think? And, and she, looked, she looks at me and she goes, well, wouldn't it be nice if your idea made the world a better place? Why don't you just try to make it as big as you can? I said, sense. well, that might mean less vacation. It might mean I have to travel more. Well, wouldn't it be worth it if the world was that people really thought, you know, if we could really help people and and uh, why not give it a try? You're going to you'll only regret it if you don't try. And I was like, OK, I'll keep living my dream. Seed planted. Yeah. Thank, thank <laughs> yeah. God for women with lower standards that marry guys like us. You know, it's like. I'm the same way. It's like, and then you say it out loud and you're just like, oh yeah, that, that's pretty much what I've always yeah. said I wanted to do. And, and, and my wife's the same way. It's like, well, go do that. Yeah. 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 It's so hard. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I like the, the image of the rut because I mean, it's just, it's, it's what's known, right? There's a reason there's a rut there is because every day you travel it, right? You know, there's a reason you travel it because it's, you know, either it's the fastest or it's the safest or it's the, the most scenic or, or whatever. And, you know, for me at the age of 56, the rut I'm getting out of is not really running a business and running a business. And, you know, the rut I'm getting out of is, you know, two months a year just sitting in Seattle, hanging out, not doing any work because I can to now, you know, going back to Seattle and trying to create business. And so for most of my friends are retiring now. Are getting ready to retire, I'm actually kind of like, you know, putting it in gear and saying, hey, this is a chance to really do something cool. And so the, the rut and thinking that I've got to get out of is the relaxing kickback, you know, I got no worries, no hurries, because I want to, I, I want to make a dent. I, I've been pretty satisfied to not make a dent until, you know, the last few years. And I think that's a good perspective on life. It's like, when are you supposed to retire or relax or where are you supposed to be mm. in life? It's like, that's different for everybody. Oh, yeah. There's people that start, oh, yeah. you know, 18 and work 20 or 30 years and then retire. And there's people that don't do anything for 20 years and then start cranking it up at 60 or 70 or whatever it is. But it's whatever drives yeah. your passion. Because like you said, you get in that rut and I don't even know that it's the safest, fastest route as much as it's just the most familiar. So, it's so no, like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I got to jump out of this good rut that almost anybody would want to be in. Yeah. But I got to get out of it mm. because I'm my soul is supposed to do something bigger. Um, well, that's a, that's a nice. That's nice. Sorry, I was gonna say I, I like that. My soul wants to do something bigger. Uh, that's really nice. Sorry to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. it's perfect. My soul uh, wants to do something bigger. TM. There you go. I trademarked it. So. Mm. I'll, <laughs> I'll make one of those meme thingies out of it. Yeah. There we go. So I was thinking along that same vein, though, for that for that married guy with that uh, that golden handcuff situation, who has that burning desire that their soul is meant to do something bigger. What would you say are like the big three must haves before they take that leap of faith? Oh God, I have no idea uh, what their must haves. I can tell you what mine were. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I can't even imagine other people. I, I, I think my first must have was, was, uh, I mean, a, a very willing partner, you know, uh, and, and my partner doesn't have to be husband, wife, live in, you know, it could be, it could be your, your, your work partner or whatever. But I think for me, I can't do this alone. Having that key partner or partners in, involved with it is number one. Uh, number two, it would be, for me, I'm really vision oriented. I need to see what the future is that I'm being called to. I'm, I'm more of a burning ambition instead of a burning platform. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I don't run away from, I run to. I need time to, to think about the future and, and to draw and to, uh, you know, to imagine. And so that visioning can take years. I mean, honestly, it really can take years before I'm even clear on what I want to do. So that was number two. I think number three, boy, it was really, 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 really nice to have some money in the bank. And my wife and I have talked about this. And when I when I graduated from my company, it wasn't like I never had to work again, but I didn't have to worry about paying rent, and I, and I don't have to worry about accounts receivable. You know, I don't have to I don't have to think about you know do I have cash flow? So because I don't have cash flow. Uh, you know, problems, um, then my wife and I don't have problems, <laughs> right? Exactly. you know, and, and we've talked about often how if we were living the same life, but we had cash flow problems, it, we, it would be different. And so I think it's, I think it's really easy to take that step on the crystalline bridge when you've got a parachute mm-hmm. right. in case it doesn't work out. And that's really, so, we've talked about that on previous episodes. If you manage your money, right. And your stuff, yeah, because we all think we need a bunch of stuff. And if you get past that part of it and realize yeah. I don't have to, I'm, I've got all this stuff to impress people. I don't even really like that much. And then I got to quit living that way. But if you manage your money right, then you're going to be able to yeah. chase a few more of those dreams. And then it's less oh, totally. jumping off a cliff and more like you said, it's crossing a bridge because you're able to to make some decisions because we all love our wives and all, but their biggest concern is, are we going to be able to pay the electric bill yeah. and buy food? And if we take that part mm. off the table, mm-hmm. then right. the rest is risk to reputation or your emotions or fear or whatever. You're risking a little bit of embarrassment or whatever if it fails, but you're not risking your entire world. So it's not really a cliff as much as it's just a bridge. You got to got to go. Yeah. Across. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's moving from, the known to the unknown as uh, opposed to moving from the safe to the unsafe. Right. Oh, yes. I love that's, that. that's a yeah. great way to put it. So yeah. taking all of that into account, uh, people want to find out more about you and how they can connect and maybe even have you come to their company and do some consulting. What's the best way to learn more about you and get connected to you? You can go to my website. It is Innograte, I-N-N-O-G-R-E-A-T.com, Innograte, Innovate to Greatness. Um, you can also uh, look me up on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Jimbo Clark. Uh, so J-I-M-B-O-C-L-A-R-K. Uh, those are probably the two easiest ways. And you're Jimbo at Innograte.com is my email. And your home address and personal phone number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all that. So my home address, uh, two months a year is in Seattle, uh, and then 10 months a year is in Taipei. So go look him yeah. up. Uh, there you go. Just wander <laughs> around and ask for Jimbo. You can't walk around Seattle. Jimbo! There's, you in might Seattle, find there's not many Jimbos. Yeah, I would think there's not too many in Taipei either. <laughs> yeah. There's the, no, it's uh, it, it's been helpful, actually, to have that name. I imagine. 
Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us and just helping us to kind of unpack some of this stuff and look into it. I would highly recommend people go to your website and learn more about the concepts and the things that you do and maybe how they can just learn to even apply it in their own lives, if not their companies, the the amazing change it could make in your own life. Yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody and everybody. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 187. There we'll link you to integrate.com. That's Jimbo Clark's website. Plus, we'll link to you all the ways you can connect with Jimbo, whether it's through social media, email, his website, all that good stuff. Now, hopefully we inspired you to think about living a working retirement. And if that's the case, you're welcome. Now, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. So if you don't know your neighbor, go meet your neighbor and then share us with that person. Now, until next week, when we join again, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.